Welcome to the Ladies Finance Club podcast. I'm your host, Molly Benjamin, and I am thrilled that you're here with me today to talk all things money. Because let's face it, the world of finance can kind of feel overwhelming, a little bit male, pale, stale. But if you can get on top of your money, and we know you can, it will pay off big time. We're going to be chatting to the best experts in the country about how to build wealth and get on top of your money game so you can become financially fierce. It's easier than you think. Let's go get those dollar dollar bills, y'all. Okay, sometimes investing can feel overwhelming. So I've put together these bite-sized interviews where I speak to normal ladies like you and I who don't work in finance about their investing journey. First up, we have Alex. By day, she's a Sydney-based lawyer, but by night, she is broke girl wealth. Welcome, Alex. Thanks, Molly. Such a pleasure to be here. So you've got this fantastic Instagram. You do wonderful education. So when did you actually start investing? I started investing a couple of years ago. I think uh, I was probably spurred into action by some some big things in my life that happened. So my parents got divorced and I think I began to realize like, you kind of got to have assets that are going to support you throughout your life and into retirement and the house is not enough. And I think that event and sort of getting a handle on my money and paying down some credit card debt that I'd accumulated, that really got me into a stage where I was not only ready to invest, but I felt that it was super, super important to start as quickly as I could. So it was about five, six years ago now. And you are a lawyer by trade as well. Investing isn't like your full-time gig. No, no. Lawyer and in fact, investing isn't even a side hustle. It's really just something I set up and by this point, it just automates itself and I don't think about it. And what do you think stopped you from investing earlier? So many things. Uh, imposter syndrome, a fear that it was too complicated, that I would make a mistake, that it wasn't for girls, so many things. And then I kind of like sat with those limiting beliefs for a second and I went, wow, that's a load of crock. Like women have gone to space. I'm sure that I can figure out how to invest. And honestly, I think you've said it before, if you know how to online shop, you can invest. And that is the best analogy I've heard because it's true. If you know how to check out, you'll be fine. You can figure it out. Yes, I do. I do say that a lot. So when it came to first investing and starting to grow your knowledge in investing, where did you go? What helped you? I started with some books. So I started with Barefoot Investor as a lot of us did, but it was quite family orientated and it sort of presumed you had a partner and X, Y, Z. So from there, I read I Will Make You Rich by Ramit Sethi. And that has some fantastic principles that I still use today, especially around building the life you love. I think that's a really, really good guiding one. And then to be honest, uh, and this is not a plug, but you and other financial creators in the space, especially women, because I think they were coming at it from a perspective of you're not dumb for asking these questions and let us help you answer them so you feel empowered to go and create and build your own wealth and independently of doing it in a relationship or you know with a partner or with a partner guiding you. Yeah, and I, I absolutely love Scott Pape's Barefoot Investor and I recommend it to all my friends, but I did find it quite family and partner focused and me as a single female, um, I was like, just wait, some of that stuff isn't like relevant for me and I don't want to put that off. So that's actually one of the reasons I was so keen to write my book, Girls Just Want to Have Funds, because yeah, it's literally all about doing it with your gal pals and being like, you don't need to wait until you meet someone like 
just get on top of it now. And we need that perspective. I think it's important to have representation for money that looks different to how it used to look. So not just men, not just families or couples. So yeah. Have there been any mistakes that you've made that we can learn from and our listeners can learn from? Oh, so many. Where do I start? I love dishing these on social media because I think it helps people normalize that it's okay to make mistakes. So I didn't register my shares. So my dividends got held the first year I did it. So that meant that, you know, once I registered them, they all, the dividends got released. And how did you register them? Once you purchase shares, if you do so through a chess broker, it's really important because if you're buying them as a custodian or through a custodian, or if you're buying them through a micro investment platform, it's a little bit different. But if you're buying through, let's say Selfwealth or Perla, you're going to get a bunch of fan mail from the ASX, although it's, it's so true, now. isn't it? You just it's get like honestly a lot. Paperwork. It's like we haven't even been on a date. Just calm down, okay? And like I never get letters, and then I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want these ones. <laughs> They're like, you've changed your email. I'm like, I know, I changed it myself. So just I'm warning everyone if you've just started investing, uh, hold for the flood. It's like the Harry Potter scene where he gets his Hogwarts letter. That's it from the ASX. Literally. Yeah. Uh, but it's really easy because once those letters come in, you'll have your HIN number, which is basically just like your user ID for your shares, which is great. Make sure you note that down and then you'll see every share company. So let's say you buy some Vanguard shares, they will have a share registry in the background that basically does all the admin of making sure you get your dividends and all that kind of stuff. And you'll have to log into the share registry with your details to make sure that you set up your banking details if you're going to get uh, dividends, that your address is correct and that you set up your communication preferences. So email or letter and I highly recommend it being email because the letters are a lot a lot yes. of paper wastage yeah save the trees ladies save the trees yeah yeah I know because I got a question the other night on one of our accountability groups of how to reinvest your dividends and I'm like that's where you do it and in our online course I actually take them through me actually doing the process because I'm like sometimes oh, it's such a block so you don't know actually how to do it and she's like this is like how was I meant to know to do that and I'm like yeah I know well that's the thing just ask like your course or Facebook groups, uh, people are usually pretty happy to help and everyone makes mistakes. I think, you know, some people forget that you need to declare your reinvested dividends and that they have to go on your tax return. So little stuff like that you pick up along the way, but it's okay to make mistakes, I think is the big. Yeah. And I'm also like so impressed as well with the communities that I know you have and that we've like women create, women are so generous in sharing their knowledge. Like, rarely have I ever met anyone who's like well I'm just going to keep it to myself we've all got to be in it if we want you know we've got a long way to go we've got a long way to catch up so I'm gonna close a gender pay gap in our generation just through investing imagine if women could hold control 50% of the world's money can you imagine the, the world the decisions that would be made differently yeah. yeah oh big time there you go, ladies. That's your call to investing action from Molly and I, which is uh, don't worry about the personal wealth. Let's start taking over the world. Beyonce's girls run the world through investments. Creating a revolution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was mistake number one. I got a little bit sidetracked. Any other mistakes that you care to share? I'll go rapid fire to make everyone feel better. Uh, buying shares on a whim or because I was feeling like there was FOMO, uh, buying shares that I didn't really understand, buying lots of different things. It's kind of like I think I now employ a capsule wardrobe approach with my shares because it's a lot easier at tax time. But at the beginning I was like, oh, I want this and I want this and I want this and it was just basically 
window shopping kind of thing. Not keeping good records, like using ShareSite now makes things a lot easier. I have a template as well on our course and um, it's literally like when did I buy it, how much did I buy it for, like what is the code, like so, and then when did I sell it on the date. And even just that, like it's so important to keep records just to have that because it is it can be a bit of a bitch at tax time. When you sell it even and you have to figure out capital gains, you're like, oh, God. Yeah, like yeah. your future self will thank you, ladies. Absolutely. You've got to keep records and just keep it in an Excel spreadsheet. Keep it on your G drive or keep it somewhere where you're not going to lose it. Yeah, that is a good, that's a really good tip. And it's free, right? Like that's the easiest way to do it. Awesome. Okay. And how has your money mindset changed since you've started this investing journey? Because even watching you over the past like few years of me stalking you on Broke Elliot, everything's looking so good. <laughs> well, you know, social media is not someone's, it's like the iceberg effect. It's only a little bit of people's lives. I think my money mindset, I don't think it's necessarily changed. It's just evolved. I think when I started, financial anxiety was a real driver for me. Like it was a real fear of not having enough and not being able to support my parents. I'm an only child. So all of that factored in. And as I've gotten older and, you know, I've been promoted, I'm a lawyer now. It's a very different uh, level of income than I was getting when I was a student. There's still that underlying, I think I'm pushed towards prioritizing investing over, let's say, going to Europe every year because I know it's important. But I think I've tempered that anxiety a little bit. And I think I've maybe found a bit of a better balance between enjoying your life now. And like, we're planning a wedding and, you know, we could have skipped a wedding, but we're not going to, cause we want to get married and we want to have a wonderful party with all of our favorite people. Uh, and I think where I've landed now is investing is so important, but your values should guide how you invest and just generally how you spend money. So for me, it's experiences. It's making sure, you know, we have a great twenties and we set ourselves up really well for when we do have children, when we do get married and we do all those things. Yeah. But having a balance, I think is I'm, I'm a lot better at balancing, I think now. And how is that money anxiety? Because when you say money anxiety, like I know exactly that feeling of like, oh God, oh God. And even on a poll the other recently on Ladies Finance Club, a lot of people are feeling that at the moment with just the cost of living going up and inflation. And it's really hard to take money out of savings. And the scarcity mindset for me, you know, I come from migrant family, like Broke Girl Wealth is all about democratizing financial literacy for people that didn't grow up around it. Right. And we talk about that a lot on the on the, on the podcast we do, but also on uh, the blog. And I just think that it is something that if people are really struggling with it, like if you feel that you are truly beholden to your money, whether through overspending or extreme frugality, go and talk to someone. Because I think that sometimes we don't realize how much of that money mindset is linked to experiences we've had as kids or trauma we've had as kids or growing up. Unpack it because it'll help you then manage your money in a way that you actually feel aligns with your beliefs. And if you're listening to this and you're like, who can I actually talk to? Um, there's money coaches out there. If you slide into our DMs, we can recommend some really great ones we work with. There's also debt counsellors and you don't have to be in debt to talk to a debt counsellor. Yeah, Australian financial counsellors. And they're also a free service as well. And they're not financial advisors. They can just be really helpful at unpacking some of those emotions and helping you plan to the extent that maybe you are in debt even, uh, helping you plan to get away out of it. 
as well. Yeah, absolutely. And they are the most beautiful people, the they ones we've so interviewed. And, and they're the not judgmental. They're lovely. They're so not judgy. And they're like, there's always a way. There's always a way. And then they show you the way and you're like, They're like little money angels. To wrap up, what was the best piece of money advice you think you ever got growing up? I mean, look, I do love Ramit Sethi's whole shtick and I do encourage anyone who hasn't read it to go read that and to read Molly's book as well. Be out in February? (laughs) Pre-order it. My favourite is a little bit more simple. My grandmother, when I was younger, told me, and I didn't actually do it or abide by it at the time, but it is still my favourite piece of advice, which is you can only save when you have money. And sometimes we try and save when we don't or we lose our jobs but you actually need to be prepared in advance and you need to have an emergency fund and you need to invest because the whole idea is to make the most of your money while it's flowing and while it's coming in and not then have to stress when it might dry up or you lose your job or something else unfortunate happened. And it's just something I live by all the time. Like when I'm feeling flush, that's when I put the most money away. <laughs> yes. Nice. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us on Ladies Finance Club and giving us that little snippet. Yeah. And where can people find you online? So I also host a podcast called Big Swinging Stocks if people want to get a little bit more technical about investing. And I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Broke Girl Wealth if you, again, want to expand your finance content creator community. And I highly recommend you give her a follow and we'll be popping in those links in our show notes as well. Thanks so much, Alex. Thank you.